Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of dancers, singers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the boards and are, well, Broadway's Backbone. Welcome to episode 45. Our special guest is Todd Anderson. Hello and welcome Todd Anderson to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so like truly honored to be here and actually I have to thank you for honestly having me, including me in this group, but for what you do for the community. Like I've heard all of your podcasts, not all of them, I'll be honest, but many (laughs) of them. And I am like so fascinated with what people like bring to the table, like what you bring out of them and what we don't know and it tells me so much about myself and it really it, it means a lot so well thank I'm you. thrilled I've been trying to get this done for a year I so know. we're actually I know we're finally doing we're it we're actually finally doing it <laughs> so uh, I'll start by reading your uh, your credits uh, you had The Wild Party Off Broadway The Boy From Oz On Broadway and you did the workshop Wicked Wicked The First National Tour Sweet Charity and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels The mm-hmm. Tour mm-hmm. any other things major things that I've missed well yeah. Then tell me, <laughs> tell me more. Like way before IBM, all of the, I know IMDb doesn't get things like well, uh, you know, a smattering of other, you know, random industrial things like that. Right. But, um, I did. Uh, the reason I got to New York was with Twilight Tharp. That's how I, uh, you know, got to New York. Twilight like picked me out of Los Angeles, which is a whole other story. <laughs> and like wow. I had no, I, I didn't even know who she was. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I won't tell a soul. <laughs> <laughs> but I seriously, that that happened, and I, you know, I worked with her, and uh, she got me to New York. She taught me uh, way more than I could ever know. Uh, and then after that, you know, like a Radio City moment, and then Tap Dogs happened. You did Tap Dogs? Yeah. Oh my you god! I love. I didn't know that. I I love yeah, Tap. And you're dogs. a tapper. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I did tap dogs. For I sat like, in the front row when I saw that got soaking wet. And oh I, yeah, I, I'm not a spray jack. Oh, <laughs> that is so great. So where are you originally from, and how'd you get started? So I, I, w- I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. I grew up in Arlington, Texas, actually. And growing up in you know Texas in the '80s or whatever. And I guess my mom actually like started putting me in dance classes. You know, she thought, oh, he looks like he could do this. <laughs> And it turns out, like, I could, and, you know, it just sort of started happening, and it, I had some really good teachers. I was very fortunate um, with that, and obviously supportive parents, you know, like, yeah. so it was, you know, between dance classes, and then it kind of grew into, you know, let's put them in some theater classes, and see what happens, and mom was just always, like, driving me around to all these classes all week long, like, you know, some kids had baseball, basketball, like, whatever, and I had dance class, theater class, voice class, like, whatever class, and mom's driving me around to all these places, because it's, you know, it's Texas, you have to drive, like, 30 minutes everywhere, get in the van. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I had brothers. Were they uh, jealous that you were being driven around everywhere? Well, um... Uh, <laughs> I know my siblings to this day tell me how jealous they were. Um, well, <laughs> you know, the reality, the truth is, uh, I know for a fact my younger brother, uh, he definitely kind of came in to it as well. We're all five years apart, too, oh, if you understand. Wow. So, like, that's, you know, 
that's a big difference in age, you know, my my older brother, you know, he had his own thing going on. So I was doing me, and, and then my younger brother, he kind of latched on to what I was doing, as younger siblings tend to do. I don't know that there was ever any kind of jealousy. I, maybe maybe there was, but how am I, who am I to say I was so busy doing it? Yeah. And I love you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for being a boy and going to dance class and theater class in Texas, were you teased at all or bullied? Yeah, you know, I, I love that you asked that, actually, because um, I was. Um, and growing up in Texas in the 80s, you know, that was a very different time, you know, like being gay or whatever was kind of, you know, unheard of. Yeah. Kind of actually technically illegal in Texas. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was still kind of put upon that situation. So be that as it may, yeah, like some kid in school who's whatever he is, 10, 14 years old, whatever, dancing, you know, that's kind of... You know, yeah. It still, it still is. Yeah. <laughs> but we embrace it. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. But um, uh, yeah, I was, and you know, that was hard. But I had, I had a lot of support around me, and you know, I kind of just looked past it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't say, I don't think that's the, the best resolve to it. And I know that it still happens, and I know that anybody's still doing this and doing what we do who is young might still go through all this and all I have to say is I just you know I I literally couldn't see it I felt it couldn't see it I don't know how to just how I how I got through it but I rose above it that's amazing that's amazing I have a good friend who's from Texas who he used to be a bully he was a football player and he talks about it's like, I used to bully the gay kids. And he's like, now as an adult in musical theater, I feel horrible mm-hmm. for it. You know what I mean? But kids don't know what they're doing. They're no. just taught this And it's, it's funny. I actually have had several guys from then, like post-date, this is many years ago, but past that time, kind of come up and re- try to resolve it with me. Really? Yeah. And that, you know, that, that meant a lot. You know, it just sort of, I guess it sort of closed it. But it just made me realize that you know, this, this shit's so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. But it's not even just the gay, straight thing. It's not even, are you that weird kid or whatever kid? Who knows what it is? People, kids just do this. Yeah. And I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't think I ever did. If I ever did, I'm sorry. But <laughs> if I ever did, it wasn't out of it. It was just me not understanding who you are, I hope. You know, I, I just don't think the kids really get it. Did you go to college? Or did you continue dancing? Or did you go straight to L.A.? Well, I went straight to L.A. I love that you know that I went to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to college. Um, I, I actually got accepted into a couple of schools in Texas, and then I, I was already working um, at a place called Casa Manana. Doing, oh, yes. Doing summer, you know, summer theater, and I already had, right out of high school, like, the year I graduated high school, I was already doing this and doing shows, and I, I had already been slated to go to um, North Shore Theater to do the shows we were doing there because they had a, like a reciprocal oh, nice. production. Yeah, and but I'd already been accepted into TCU and SMU, and with full scholarship, like everything, like crazy, like a dance program, whatever. And I'm sure they had great programs there. I think they did. I don't know, but I just thought to myself, why am I? This just, just doesn't feel right, you know. So I followed my gut, 
and I didn't go. And right after I went to up there, I moved to Los Angeles, like I had always wanted to do in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> all through high school, all because I had gone. I, another great thing about my teachers, um, one of my teachers, Joe Nelson, in uh, in Fort Worth, in Arlington, actually, uh, she brought me out to Los Angeles and introduced me to all these amazing teachers, dance teachers in LA, um, through Tremaine, Joe Tremaine Dance Center. Like oh the, yeah, I remember The Tremaine that. Yeah. Dance, uh, what is it, com- uh, convention. And they had these like scholarship programs and stuff. They would give you a scholarship to come out for a month and you can come and study for free for a month in their studio. Yeah. Really? Which at the time, classes were $6, by the way. But... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, any class you want to take for a month. And it was amazing. So between the support of my teacher, like, bringing me there and uh, my parents putting the bill, like, I have to go and pay for a place to stay and get there and all this stuff. And it's not totally free. But I met so many people. And so from doing all that from the time I was, like, 14 until I was 18, I was like, I'm going to Los Angeles. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to dance for Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because that's what people were doing. They were like literally in dance videos every single day. This is what the people did. Yep. It was like, oh, Madonna video, Jenna video. The Apollo video. Every video. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want to do. So I watched all the MTV music video awards, everything. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Even the Oscars had big dance numbers then. You know, yeah. You could be well, they tried the to now. And they, you know, yes. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is now, but when we see this stuff, it just doesn't. I don't know if it's because we're so, because so many people have the ability to make it, and do it so well. Like, as I, I believe there's so many talented people out yeah. there that can just do this on a whim. Like, I can sit in my bedroom and like make up a new dance track, like with GarageBand, and I'll have like a new track, and I'll just like play and jam out on it for a minute. And you know, back in the day, this was not possible. No. Especially like the video equipment, you can just make a whole video, like be totally cool. Yeah, so I, I moved to Los Angeles right out of high school. My whole my whole idea was that I was going to uh, dance with Madonna. Like that was like that was my whole goal. <laughs> <laughs> but I was lucky enough to go into the Tremaine. I had all these connections with Tremaine Dance Center. So all these people, these major choreographers that are working in this this community that I was able to go on a scholarship and take class from, and I started working there in Los Angeles and landed some great gigs and that's you know about a year and a half into that um oh not to mention bjork i did a bjork video while i was really? there <laughs> i mean i was so quiet i i have to make sure that i don't skip over anything because yeah. i'm going through the timeline now so yeah i moved out there and then my my scholarship director was michael rooney who's mickey rooney's son oh really yeah, who knew he's a great guy he's a choreographer out in la he's like works on everything he's a great guy um, he uh, landed a job choreographing a video for Bjork, Oh So Quiet. And I'm a tap dancer, as you know. Yeah. And he, he's like, I need somebody to choreograph, I need somebody to help me with the tap section of this, this video. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And there I was in the video. And That's so I'm cool. I'm in the front row at the very end. I'm a little guy in the purple shorts on the right, just to the right, just to the left of her, actually, on the screen, um, doing the very last bit of it. And did the foley for the tap and choreograph a little tap section in that video. That's such really an iconic cool. video. Like yeah. that's my only video music video I ever did. So checked off the I did a music video. Yes. Still didn't check off the work from Madonna, but I, however I always wished I could dance for Madonna. But I got to check that off. 
You did? How, when did you get to dance for Madonna? Well, I, I auditioned for her. It was me and Michaels was choreographing uh, one of... She was directing the audition for one of her tours back in the day. So four days of auditioning, I, you know, make it through all four of them. Me and Michaels is doing it. Fourth day, uh, Madonna comes into the room at 42nd Street Studios, the Duke, the Duke Studios in New York. Yes. Gosh, I don't know when this would go. This must have been... 90 or 2000 maybe or 99 or two, I don't know Madge walks into the room 40 people 40 dancers myself and 39 others and three at a time just living our lives well I leave the room we all did our thing the the associate choreographer gets in the elevator with me and she says she thought you were really cute So, the moral of this story is, careful what you wish for. I yeah. got to dance for Madonna. I should have said, I want to dance with Madonna. Yes, yeah. Just that be one careful what word. you wish for. That one little word. So, how did you meet Twyla Tharp? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I was living in L.A., and I was, gosh, I was 19. Uh, my agent, she was just, like, going through the books. I'm sure there were books during it, back in the day. It yeah. was not on a computer screen. She was, like, going through the printout. <laughs> She's like, Twyla Tharps having an audition. And she knew I was like, you know, an accomplished... Oh God, I used that word. That's, that's terrible. But you no. know, I was a ballet dancer. You know, You're accomplished. Like, I, that's a, okay, that's not fine. A bad but word. I was a dancer dancer, yeah. you know. She said, I really think you should go do this. I, I, I think this is something really good for you. And I, I had no idea what it was. I, I admit, I really didn't know who she was. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> but I wasn't that kind of a dancer. I was like... I wanted to work for Madonna and Paula Duel. Yeah. So I go to the room and we go through the whole day and whittle it down. And she's like, is there anything anybody wants to um, show me that they can do? And I said, well, I can tap dance. She said, do you have your shoes? And I said, yep. She said, go put them on. And somebody else, funny enough, said, I can tap dance too. She said, do you have your shoes? And they said, no. She said, well, then you can't tap dance. <laughs> She's like that. Wow. So anyway, I, she's like, do you want any music? I said, yeah, just put on whatever you were playing. And I just jammed out to it. Anyway, got the call to go to New York and audition for her there at City Center. Whole day of auditioning, very chorus line, you know, whittled it down. And at the end of the day, 5 o'clock, you know, 18 of us, 14 of us or whatever in the room. She's like, all right, this is my company. I'll see you in two weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm living in LA. I, I guess I'm going to have to move to New York now. <laughs> wow. So then I worked for Twilight. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I did know what I was doing. And I had some really good training to know what I was doing. I mean, what I got out in LA, like people like Jackie Slight, you know, she, she's all about, you know, you, you learn the phrase, you learn the choreography, but then it's like, okay, you turn it around, reverse it. You do it this way and you you know, do it upside down. And you just all, and, you, and, then, and then it's go. And Jackie did it for the case of the camera when you're on set and you have to, the director's not happy with the way it looks in the camera, so everybody has to literally reverse the entire thing. Whereas Twyla is actually just, she creates the phrase and then once she's done with that, she stands back and she paints the picture on the canvas. Oh, wow. So you become a canvas you know, but it has to be quick, it has to be now. 
And if you're not doing it, it's just she gets frustrated and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Artists get frustrated. They, they do. <laughs> well, Twilight would be more in the modern world. Yeah, and totally opposite of what I had ever known. But then that was good training for someone like Mark Dendy because his stuff would oh, be yeah. considered in the modern world. His stuff is hard. Absolutely. And it's different and modern. I mean, how did you land Wild Party? Which people say, which Wild Party? You were in the good one. <laughs> good one. That's what people say, not you. I'm saying other people. You were I, in the good one. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. <laughs> it still gets done to this day. Yeah, and the other one doesn't. Um... Well, that was me. After Twilight ended, I started just pounding the pavement. I was going up and down 8th Avenue to all the studios, auditioning. Back when you could just go into a room and audition and just break into the door and yeah. just do it. Crash a car. You didn't even need sure. it all the time. And I remember the day, actually, that I auditioned for the Wild Party. Mark Denny, I'd never met him. I walked in that room, and I knew how to dress for an audition. I just, like, walked right in there. <laughs> and I... Put on that, you know, the tightest, blackest thing, and I just strutted my ass in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, some, something about Mark and I, we just clicked. Like, I got everything that he did. To be honest, Mark actually fought for me to be in that show. Really? Mm-hmm. Because it was, um, it was Gabe Barry was the director, and then, well, Stephen Remus was actually the musical director, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah, he, that was his first, as far as I know... Steven, I don't know. I think this was his first like, actual music production on a show, believe it or not. Anyway, um, but they all, you know, were fighting, you know, because you have to, it was a very ensemble piece. Yeah. So everybody had to, you know, step up, if you will. And I had never done a musical in my entire life, ever. Like me, other than Summerstock. Yeah. But we're talking, this is the big kid stuff. Yes, it is. This is big kid stuff. <laughs> Here I am, 21 years old, like, or 22 maybe, and uh, <laughs> Mark fought head to, I mean, he just fought for me, and he got me in there, and I did it, and it, it turned out to be amazing, um, but the people in that show, I mean, I, people that I was just sitting around, I had no idea who they were, like, you know. Adina Menzel, Tay Diggs, yeah, uh, Brian Darcy James. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like Kevin Cahoon, like, and they've like, all been become bigger big, since then. Huge, yeah, like, huge, amazing. And I had no idea who any of these people were. And there were Kevin Cahoon, for instance. You know, we were singing the same vocal track, and I knew I was going to be dancing. And I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm an okay singer, but I'm not. I'm definitely not what these people are. Right. And. <laughs> He was not singing at all, and I, in vocal rehearsal, like, and we're only two to a track, like two part, two people per. It was so thick. It's um, uh, uh, Andrew Lippa, you know, he like writes tr- parts that are like only you know, oh, yeah. fourteen parts to every note, you know. So two people, and uh, Kevin Cahoon is sitting right next to me, not singing at all, and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is not singing. Oh, what am I gonna do? He's I'm dancing all the time. I have no way I'm gonna do this. Turns out he's like, um, a few weeks later, if anybody wants to come see my show, uh, I have free tickets for the whole company tonight if you want to come. And I, I was like, oh, um, what show are you doing? Oh, Hedvig. <laughs> he replaced John Cameron Mitchell. Oh my god. In Hedvig, and here I am sitting next to this guy. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> 
And then it turns out it was like, oh yeah, he just nailed. He's the most amazing person. But you know, it just goes to show you. You just, I just didn't. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just never thought I couldn't. You know, right? I just that's that's the moral of the story. Just like, I just kept doing it. And where are you now with your? What's your relationship now with singing? Oh, singing. You know, we go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometimes I nail it and sometimes sometimes people it's funny because like if I'm up and I'm like wow you're really good I'm like uh really but most of the time it sucks like I'm just you know I I wish it was better I it wasn't my first uh you know as I said I was a dancer so like, right. I always just did that it's, it's one of those things that I've, I've, I've troubled with over the years like I, if I really work on a song you know I can nail it, it it's, it's a frustrating thing and I think anybody most people, even singers, I think, probably deal with this to a certain extent. Like, you have to really, you know, learn it and, yeah. and train it. And if you don't, just like a ballet dancer or any other technician, you lose it. And that's that. So for me, it's just like, I have to do it every day. And if I work on one song for a long time, it's good. <laughs> but if I, you know, if I have the wrong training, if there's some, some missing link, <laughs> it's just... But I mean, I have my favorite songs, you know, I can always, somehow that muscle just always goes right to that. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. what's important to have a good song. Yeah, of course. Do you, you remember know. what you sang for Boy From Oz? I'm kidding, you don't have to remember, but. <laughs> I actually don't. I mean, the one song I remember singing for an audition was for Sweet Charity, because Cy Coleman was in the room, which is really Yeah, crazy. really cool. Uh, yeah. And, uh. So Sweet Charity comes around and I sing Use What You Got, which he wrote yeah. as well. But I sing it up a key because my my, teach, my teacher slash coach at the time was like, well, if, I, I don't know, I was just on a roll and I was like, this is, I just went to people that said, this is how you get the job. You know, you be specific, this is how you get the job. So I spent lots of money, you know, just this is how you get the job. And um, so I sang the song, <laughs> Use What You Got, but up a key, up a step. And um, Cy was in the room, he heard me sing it. And I pretty much, I nailed it. It was, it was, it was everything I had at that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was like, that was very good. It was very brave, but very good. Do it again. And I had to do it again. And I repeated it. And he was like, okay, and I got the job. <laughs> You're saying it higher than Sam Harris. Go for, yes! good for you. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, God rest his soul, Mr. Coleman. Oh. So with Boy From Oz, you started, in the, you did the workshop. I did the workshop. And then you went straight to Broadway mm -hmm. with it. And did you, were you also, were you the dance captain or? I ended up being the dance captain, yes, which was the only time I've ever been to a dance captain, and I don't recommend that for many people. Yeah. <laughs> what was your whole experience from starting at the beginning of uh, something that was like a Hugh Jackman masterpiece? How was working in a workshop and then to Broadway? Was there a lot of changes? Of course. Uh, the workshop, well, in that particular case, they had already done it. You know, it had already been done. So I don't think they already knew what they were doing. And this is, by the way, back in the day when they were doing workshops. Yeah. They, this was, I think the workshop was more for producers backing. They used this element as more of, 
you should have seen that weekend of production. I mean, it was a full production in a room with Hugh Jackman yeah. at Duke Studios, 42nd Street Studios. It was a full production. We did six weeks, uh, six weeks maybe of rehearsal, and then a full production, the entire show in the studio, just for producers. So anybody who had a million dollars could come into the room. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know they don't do that anymore like that's just you just don't do that no so they had already had a show it wasn't even a question of they weren't reworking the show that, that was a terrible form of a workshop if you will yeah they were just like really literally mounting it to say we want to put this in a theater does anybody want to give us money <laughs> and everybody was like yes <laughs> and it turned out to be a really you know what it was like insane it was insanely good I mean he was insanely good oh and just probably maybe one of the kindest most um, thoughtful people on the earth just I mean talented obviously right but he really sets the bar for what it's like you know in this business to really genuinely care like, the, all the things that he did for Broadway Cares. Yeah. I mean, staying over an hour every night after the show. Like, he did not have to do that. No. And that was completely out of his heart. Completely. He would do that for six weeks at a time. And just, he raised, like, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 in six weeks. That's unbelievable. Just, just by, you know, staying after the show for an hour. And, of course, everything else for him is taken care of, by the way. Like, his dinner, everything is catered to him. Like, he has the car and clothes washed. You know, we have to take the subway. And yeah. <laughs> and he has a beautiful apartment and a beautiful wife and kid and all that stuff. But, you know, he just gives one extra hour. And that's all it takes that's for him. That's all it takes. Wow. And he, you know, just really, he, he's one of those special people. And what was your experience being dance captain? Do you like telling people, giving notes? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess one of the biggest challenges with being a dance captain, I was the assistant dance captain, which is different from being a co-dance captain or associate dance captain. Assistant dance captain was uh, the person, because by the last six months, people knew, the last three or four months, for real, um, everybody knew that Hugh was leaving the show. Right. And I was working, again, with some of the most incredibly talented people on the earth. So all they have to do is walk into an audition room and get another show. Right. And they all did. So here I was daily, not only doing the auditions, teaching, you know, I have eight hours essentially of studio time to teach whoever's coming into the show all the material. You know, it was kind of just put on me to go teach them all of this stuff. So the dance captain, you know, she, she'd be like, okay, so we have this person coming in. You can go do that. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> By the way, we're on this. I'm on half salary. She's on full. But whatever. <laughs> love you, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, there I was, like every single day in that theater, one to five, and then doing the show at night. And by now, everybody's calling out because the floodgates have opened. Originally, nobody called out ever. Right. Because Mr. Jackman never missed a show. Ever. That's unbelievable. Ever. He didn't miss one show. So that sets a precedence. Like, you can't... If this guy's doing all of that, 
you can come do your couple of dance numbers and sing a couple of songs. Yeah. It's not that deep. If your house is burned down, you can go home, but, oh, you can't. (laughs) 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 You probably have something else to do. But anyway, Dance Captain is a really hard job, and um, anybody who else who's out there that ever is under a Dance Captain, respect them. It's a hard job. Damn it. (laughs) No, I Because you're there every day at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Pretty much every day from Tuesday at 1 o'clock until Sunday night when the last show ends. And you have... Are you there all day, every day? Wow. I learned a lot, yeah. you know, and it was good to, to know, but I don't want to do that again. I mean, I, I really don't. I just don't. That's too much work. For what they pay you. I mean, yeah. It's and not, you have to deal with people's I'll break it down for you. I'll break attitudes. it down for you. It's $300 extra a week if you are the dance captain. It's 150 a week if you're the, the assistant. So, you know, for $150 a week, here I am busting my ass three days a week for five hours do the math yeah this is not Broadway salary sorry equity anyway pay me my normal rate $25 an hour $35 an hour $50 an hour which is really what it actually is yeah when you tell me Broadway salary and then we'll talk yeah let's talk about it equity $50 yeah. an hour let's go for it yeah no equity mm-hmm. needs to work I, I appreciate equity for all they do but dance captain needs $50 an hour for every hour they work yep and that's what they get no, I, I, I agree with you. I love my dance captains. Yeah. So you mentioned Sweet Charity. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Was that because you've worked for Wayne Salento numerous times. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Sweet Charity first or did you? Do- no, <clears throat> actually I'd done some uh, uh, industrials. Uh, well, I actually met him auditioning for Aida. Oh. Back when I was a kid. I was way too young for that show. I was like, again, like 20 something, like 21, 22, 20. And I was, I, I'm small, I'm just a small person, like, like literally physically small, and as a kid, damn it, I was like, I, I looked like a kid, I should be playing kids' parts, I don't know, but I wasn't, I'm not. Right. So anyway, I didn't get that show, but he saw me in the audition, he put me through the ringer for that thing, and Tracy Langren, I think, was the uh, assistant on that, maybe? Anyway, she said, he's tragic, and <laughs> like, that's like do something about like like tragic it's just like oh no it's a good thing anyway. <laughs> tragic's a good thing I guess like <laughs> I guess I was it was just so like ah. but Wayne is very like you know it's very big and very thrashy and cool. I got it like we were very you know we got that and uh, anyway he called me from his home actually in Westchester and offered me this job he was doing the Mercedes industrial Back in the day, yes. huge production. You know when and industrials were the thing. Yes, like, it was I a huge those, deal. Yeah. Oh my god, I I cleaned up back in the day with all those industrials. Oh my gosh, like if those were happening now, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be well, where we are now. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would still be doing all of that stuff. But um, anyway, Wayne called me to do that, and that's how we met, doing all of that. And then we might have done something else between then or maybe I'd audition for him but then I remember Sweet Charity that's when I auditioned for him and and a lot of Sweet Charity got a lot of press because of Christina Applegate she was I hear she was good but more mm-hmm. people talked about the fact that she injured herself she broke her arm right or or was her it, ankle was it, oh, was it total 
That was a total press stunt. You know that, right? I didn't know that. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, but wouldn't that be amazing? It no, would be She amazing. actually broke her foot. Her foot. And, yeah, and it actually did happen. She broke it, like, somehow, like, stepping on the lamppost. It was a set piece. Uh, it was out of town. We, we had, like, three months of out of town. And it was a long process. And she broke her foot um, before, a, I think it was in Chicago. Yeah, it was in Chicago. And uh, beginning of the show. And she was like, okay, that's weird. And uh, Dilys Croman was actually her understudy. And I remember the stage manager coming around. To, I was just downstairs. It was We were about to go up and do the... And stage manager's like, you're on, boo-boo. <laughs> she just looked at her square in the eye, and Dilys was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she did it. She nailed the show. It was amazing. But... Um, Wow. Yeah, it was like mid-show. It was like, uh, Christina's out. She cannot walk. Wow. She broke her stupid butt. It was so frustrating. Um, and then Charlotte Dambois came in, you know, oh, and right, replaced right. her. And then she was, we, we did the whole out of town, and then it closed out of town because it was slated with Christina Applegate. And that didn't happen. Well, it did. But it, it was not going to happen. Uh, Charlotte Dambois was going to open it, and it, they were, the producers, all the investors or whatever, chickened out. But then uh, things happened. I don't really know what, but we were told to stay on the line, and people got things together and made it happen. When she healed? Yeah, she got it together. It, she, she healed. And... Um, to a point where she could do the show at least. Yeah. And uh, and then we opened. Wow. And that happened. It was. I'm so glad because, I mean, it was such an iconic piece, you know. Yeah. That was actually my second show. And so, you know, when you hit one Broadway show, you think, oh my God, I made it. But you have to get a second one to make sure that it sticks. No, I agree. You know? And then when you get that second Mentally, one. Mentally, yeah. Yeah, you get that second one, you're like, Oh my God! This is real. I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many have you done? I've only done four. But what do you? Seven. Seven. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you had so many. But you know, like it's like that's amazing. Oh yeah. And it's like that first one is—is is it a fluke? And then you get the second one, and you're like, and then after that, it's like it's incestuous. Until, right. Until you. Until it's not anymore. Yeah. Until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. like them younger. Right. Uh, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> um, but it's it's crazy that that speaking of getting older, that now there's about to be another sweet charity. It's oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, one. I have I have to go see it. I hope I get to see it. Was the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels tour next for you? Did you like touring? And because you you went went from big Broadway choreographer to another. Now you even have Jerry Mitchell. Right. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't um, want a tour. Obviously, like, he'd been doing the big-time Broadway. Like, why should I go back to touring? (laughs) And uh, it just turns out, like, I'm really glad I did. I met some amazing people. People that I kind of already knew, but just became super tight with. Like, amazing people. But the best part of it that came out of it was that they came up to me, like, during production in Seattle. We were putting up the show, and... Jack O'Brien it comes up to me and it's like, I want you to understudy the um, Norbert Leo Betts part. That's awesome. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, so I got to do that. And let me tell you, like, coming from somebody who's never really thought that I would do something like that, ever, somebody asks you to do that, and you're like, okay. I've never even swung a show, like, even done an alternate part or something like that. I've always been the guy who does whatever. Yeah. This is that my track or whatever. He was like, yeah, we want you to do it. And I was like, okay. And the stage manager's like, so um, here's your script. Uh, we start rehearsal tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, okay. So I just sat in the front of the wing. I sat in the first wing every single night, like every night. Because we didn't have a lot of stuff to do in that show. The ensemble right. was pretty light in that show. We had, but we had plenty of fun. <laughs> Too much fun in that show. It's like, I think... Nobody else, every, I think Equity's actually signed a thing that says none of us can ever actually work together <laughs> because we had way too much fun. But, um, yeah, I sat in the front of that wing every single night watching every single moment, every single thing, just, like, soaking it in. Like, I just knew that if I just did that, just lived the part every single night, that I could do it. And then there it came. It was like, uh, you're on tonight. And I was like, okay. And I just, I went to the quiet place and just started doing it, you know, and I did it. And the stage manager came, I, I don't even know what happened. It was just, it was so, you know, exhilarating, yeah. to be honest. Like, to be able to do something like that after never having done that. And the stage manager just came up, he's like, I have notes. But he said, listen, nobody would have ever known that was the first time you ever did that. And That's like, wonderful. Wow. And they did that show regionally a lot. Do you audition for it? I haven't, and I probably should. What I do you know. mean you haven't? Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the kid that was so driven? And uh, now no. you're like, well, I wasn't driven. I just, I just, um, I mean, okay, I was driven, but I just, just kept going. Like, right. I, it's not necessarily that I'm going to go, you know, do something. I'm just going to go out there and just do something. Yeah. Just, I don't know what it is. Like what I'm doing now. Like I didn't know what I'd be doing. This. So. <laughs> Did you have any downtime in between all these shows where you like where you didn't work and you were depressed yeah, and you were throwing um, in the towel? Then, not. I mean, I'd say there's more downtime now than I've ever had in my life, um, uh, and that's by choice, sort of. But um, I was always pretty fortunate to be consistently working, for the most part. Um, and then once uh, after the uh, Dirty Rotten. What did I do after that? I guess it was Chorus Line after that, maybe. No. Where'd you do Chorus Line? I did Chorus Line on Broadway. You did? Yeah. That's not on IBMD. Oh, what? damn it. They gotta update that they shit. They do have to update this. Oh. Okay, well, anyway, I I guess I, I did a few things after. Um, I did some regional productions after um, uh, what, Dirty Rotten, and then... But I, oh, oh, I know. I... So I was kind of like floating around, and I and I came back to New York, and I, one of my old Twilight buddies, Gabrielle Malone, she was like, "I'm doing this show downtown with uh, Martha Clark, the uh, what is it, uh, the Garden of Earth of Delights. Do you want to come see it?" I was like, "Of course I want to come see it. Opening night." Yeah. So I, went, I brought my a friend of mine, and we came down opening night. I was it was amazing. I don't know if you saw it, but it was fucking amazing. Uh, uh, Martha Clark she's just she's this esoteric I don't even know how to describe her um, brilliant choreographer director and she um, made this thing Garden of Earth Lights based on uh, the Hernias Bosch uh, triptych about heaven, earth and hell 
And it was opening night, and one of the guys had hurt his back right before opening night. So the swing was on. And Gabby came up to me at the party afterwards. I was like, I loved it. She's like, she's like, do you want to be in it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I went, yes. <laughs> so the next, literally the next day, the next afternoon, noon, I came down to the theater at Minetta Lane. I met Martha Clark, went through a few of the, the, the sections, you know, just working with Gabby, like just sort of, because Martha Clark doesn't work like most crap. It's not like, okay, here's the number. Here's the right. stuff. It's like, it's kind of like, it's sort of like, and it's kind of like, and it's sort of like. Oh, know. wow. That would yeah, drive me it's a, insane. It's a, it's a moment. Yeah. But I didn't care. I was like, this piece is amazing. I mean, yeah. Okay, I got it. It's just like, I don't know. I like him. It's all right. <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> right after I had booked this amazing show, I, uh, Craig Burns at Bernie Tells You Casting said, like, oh, yeah, we just want to offer you Wicked. And I was like literally lifted the pen off of the paper <laughs> and I was oh. like oh shit um, they wanted to you know bring me in as a sort of a temporary replacement on Broadway and which was fine but actually I had already been in to audition for Corinne McFadden and she was like how do you feel about Universal Swing and I was like um, I, I don't I'm pretty much open to anything but what is that <laughs> yeah I don't know what <laughs> yeah, Universal Swing is really nobody does so anyway uh, I I was doing Garden of Earthly Delights and uh, they called me and I turned it down. I didn't turn it down because they were offering me like, you know, a temporary replacement on the Broadway, you know, and I was like, hey, I just started this show and I really love it and this is a really cool thing and I want to do it and... Had you auditioned for Wicked or did yeah, Wayne... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wayne just didn't say, call Todd. No, no, God, no, no, no. <laughs> I had been in for it several times, and finally, anyway, it's a numbers game. Yeah, it's time when you're when they need you, whatever. I did that. I did that show for six months, and then finally they said they want to offer me Universal Swing. I was like, uh huh. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is Universal Swing? Gosh. Well, at the time they had four companies, and I think this is kind of an unprecedented show where there was so such in demand at the time. Uh, they had so many productions going with such a large company that they needed four people, two boys, two girls, at all times. So there were essentially vacation swings. Okay. Essentially. And, um, but we were not hired full-time because they couldn't re reach an, uh, re an agreement with Equity. They tried with Equity to say, hey, we have this position we would like to offer you like we will put them on full salary production and we have them outright for whatever you know however I don't exactly know why equity didn't go for it and I don't really care because <laughs> <laughs> what essentially ended up happening is that every time they needed me they would call me and say okay so we need you for this this and this one week two weeks three weeks a month or whatever and these whatever companies and I could say yes or no because oh, I, I was not under contract. Now I never said no because you know they were offering me production contracts left right. and right. But what ended up happening is that they didn't need me all the time, so I could just like, all right, well that week in between, can we just go ahead and mark that off on the calendar and like I'd get a week off, just unpaid, right? Of course, but I didn't have to work, and it was great. And maybe there was like a month sometimes, and they would be like, 
they always happen in November for some reason. And like, yeah, we just really don't have any work for you. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't worry about it. You just go ahead and mark it out on the calendar, black, like exit out. And I would spin the globe, throw a dart at it, and travel to wherever that dart landed. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I traveled the world. Because like, I knew I had work. And they were so good about guaranteeing me. Like, I knew I had work. And I would, you know, I would always show up, of course, you know, when they needed me. Always. But if they didn't need me, then I'd be like, I'm good, right? And they're yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't need you. I'm like, great, bye. Wow. And you didn't have to worry about, you know... I got to be a real person for once in that respect. Of course, you know, I still did eight shows a week when I was here, which is not yeah. the real, you know, that that drive. But, yeah, it was a great job. So you are just thrown into different companies all over all the country. All the time. When I first started that company, I had 30, 36 tracks. Like 36 tracks. When I first started Wicked, 36. And then I think it grew to a few more. I had close to 40 at one time. 40 tracks that I was constantly covering all across the country. Oh yeah. my God, I can't, I, I can't, I can't fathom when I did four. Well, right, <laughs> I know, and it, it's not for everyone. And the, the reality is, is that yeah, okay, it's the same show, but it's not. There were four different companies when I started, and they were all different. Same show. If you were to come and see it as a spectator, you probably would not know the difference. Right. But the reality is, every track is slightly different. There's like, you name it, there's a different thing. I mean. Everybody on a stage in one production, a girl grabbing your hand one way if you're a swing, she's the other girl is going to grab it differently. Yeah. So you just have to be ready for that. And that's what you do. And I go into every moment of, you know, I always had a lift rehearsal with, at, at every single performance at a half hour, every single performance with every girl I work with, every single time. And I, you know, I, when they say, all right, let's go. And I, I just follow them and whatever they do is what I do. I don't even ask. Like I'm, if, if they're like, well, what do you do? I was like, no, 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 no. Because they're going to go into their track. They're going to go into their show yeah, and run on exactly how they do and come at me a hundred miles an hour and just jump on me. And like, that's what you need to do. I can't, you, I don't know what you do. Yeah. I, sometimes I've, there were sometimes at Wicked that, <laughs> people that I didn't like actually have any actual connection with I would come in out of another company there's a new company member I would be sitting on a bench next to somebody and like in the show hi I'm Todd it's nice to meet you oh my god <laughs> on stage no clue because most people they come in a half hour they're doing their pin curls they're doing their thing making their phone calls eating their they food they don't even look at the call board half no. the time they sign in they're here <laughs> they did good you're doing great they shouldn't have I mean that's just yeah you know it's not really it is kind of but if they're not interacting with me on a physical level or a you know as an actor like we're literally yeah okay maybe we have one moment where we stand together on the stage holding a suitcase and we look at each other and I'm like <laughs> look at them not only is it a hugely I mean totally different person but I had a completely different costume track from anyone else in Wicked like all companies I had wow. my own they had to do that because no matter what, if the swing was on, if all the swings were on in that show, and I happened to be there too, I couldn't be the same. Yeah. So it was a completely different costume track. So that would throw people like the Madame Marvel sometimes. She would walk by me like, <laughs> she'd be like, <laughs> 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 I 
they went, it just throws people off because we're so used to you know a, a show like that where you just do it night after night and it, it's so well maintained but at the same time you just have to just drive it you you can't you can't stop and think you just do and one little thing that goes different you're like look but ah woo. yeah <laughs> and like this big costume that comes through like yeah it's me hi uh, I think a normal person would have an anxiety attack every night. And you you have such a unique personality. Someone was like, oh, he has the perfect temperament for being a universal swing. Uh, I don't know what the right term is, but you like I would think you're from California because you're kind of a, a surfer. You have such a laid-back attitude. I mean, especially I think it's good in this business. But how do you have such an even keel when you're doing 36 tracks and you're in the show business? I mean... I don't know. I think that part of that comes from my father, actually. Like, you know, he had this whole thing, like, if, you know, catastrophe happened, he just always said, well, it's done. We have to fix it now. You know? I think that's just a general mentality that I have. And whenever I go into, anytime I get called on, you know, yeah, if I'm like, called on to do the, you know, when I understudied Zach on Broadway or, like, doing that opening monologue, I mean, jeez, <laughs> Again, step, kick, kick. Like, you know, you have 15 minutes of in-time words that yeah. everybody, every single person on this earth knows. knows you can't yeah. F it up. So, um, I just go to that quiet place. It really is just, you know, if somebody if somebody yells fire, I'm going to be like, I'll just staunch it out with my hand. We're moving on. You know, I, I don't, I think it really just comes from a general, like, I think a gene that I have. It's a great Maybe. gene. It's well, it works. I've actually had somebody once ask me, say, does anything ever bother you? And I was like, well, not really. I mean, it, yeah. Like, when somebody litters, I think that's, I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you? But, you know, if, if, if things are, like, crumbling down around me, I'm like, well, okay, okay, that happens. And, you know, well, I think that I get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. Right. When she happens, you know, but but it's I not all this drama. I mean, especially I've seen swings that like they crash into you running backstage because they're they're freaking out. Oh goodness! Listen, I mean, believe me, I have crashed into people, and I'm like, oh, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the good thing is most people are just nothing but loving. But I don't want that. I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't be. Don't be nice. Just do your job. I'm doing my job. Right. You do your job. And I didn't know you go to the right, I go to the left. You know, like, I, I, how, that was not part of the teaching that we had in this section. Yeah. Who knows the back? the backstage is honestly the hardest. Oh, you know, it is. Anytime. We run through those numbers left, right, backwards and forwards, upside down. But then you go off that stage and it's like, there's this dark world where nobody knows where you're supposed to go. Yeah. Not one person knows. And if you ask, they're like, everybody's like, they honestly would like to help you, but they have absolutely no clue. <laughs> you're oh. seriously on your own. So, you know, write your notes backstage for the swings. Backstage <laughs> notes. <laughs> well, I love that. You, it's like, it's almost like you, like, have a calm meditation, like, yoga type of personality. I mean, but it's just, you, you got it, you inherited it. Look at you. Yeah. People strive for that type of peace. I mean, there's there might be an, there's probably an inner turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. 
so about a year ago we were talking and they got rid of your universal swing position mm-hmm. and you were at a crossroads so mm-hmm. your nice calm personality probably came in handy then oh my god did it ever <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay i mean fortunately you know i had you know some money from that like i, I was i've never really worried about money just because i i'm I don't know if I'm good or bad with it. I just never really worry about it. I feel like it'll always come. So there have been times, but even whenever it's not coming in, I'm like, okay, well, now I'm only spending $20 a day. Right. As you do. So this is what you do. But right at the same time, my friend Peter, he was like, uh, he with, with with his partner, he, he they were building a hotel out on Fire Island. And I said, well, I, I love doing that stuff. So they're like, well, will you help us? And I was like, absolutely. So I moved out to Fire Island and I became a handyman and I've been here for two years. <laughs> well, I, think, well, I think that's amazing because we both do something similar out on Fire Island. Right. Does, uh, and I can only speak from experience. Every once in a while, like on Monday nights, we house the Broadway performers that come out here and they're oh, yeah. so sweet and um, they have no idea of what I do or anything Man. like that. But every once in a while, my ego gets in the way that I'm like, right. I have this weird, it's a great survival job, but it's a weird survival job and I'm not, sure. I'm not doing what I want to do anymore. Right. Or well, I'm doing it in between. Right. I'm making other people's Well, I don't bets. know if I'm in an in-between. I have nowhere I, I, you know, again, I just, I, I just do. You know, I never think I can't. I just do. So um, in this case, um, I am not doing showbiz. I'm not really auditioning. I, you know, maybe I will. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. None of us do. Really. Right. But uh, I just found a situation where I found a place where I can actually live and house my friends as well. And they end up, you know, helping me out with the rent. Yeah. And I end up housing all of these people that you're talking about. And so they just come and hang out with me. And the funny thing is that there are a few of them that they look at me and, you know, after 20 years of knowing them, they're like, you realize we've never actually sat down and had dinner together. And I just think to myself, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, okay, it's on a, on a Monday night and like we're just here in, um, in the Pines or whatever, whatever, on, on the island. And uh, it's actually turned out to be one of the most incredible experiences and Maybe for me in particular, because I don't really work for anybody, I'm kind of a freelance. Right. I'm a handyman. Like, I just know how... To, I've always done this all my life. My parents, you know, on a Saturday, we were at home, and like, guess what we're doing today? They were they were really good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like, we always like did the lawn, or they were painting, or we were fixing something. You know, like, they did everything themselves. Yeah. And I did it with them, because that's what we did. And... Believe me, they 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 gave me a good life. Yeah, and <laughs> but, they were supportive. And of everything. course, they were supportive, and I always went to class and we did all these things and whatever. But um, at the same time, it's like I watched them do things themselves, and so whenever I've had my apartment in the city or whatever, and I'm like, I want that better. I don't call somebody; I just do it myself, and yeah. you know, I just fix it and learn how to do it and do it. And coming out here, um, um, this guy he was like, yeah. We, just help me and he taught me so many things and then I realized like people started calling me to like oh can you build this fence or do this build this walkway or I don't know you know put this well for you like putting in light fixture yeah exactly <laughs> which is really easy you really have to learn how to I do have to fixture. learn how to do that but uh, I didn't like my family they didn't 
tell me how to pick up a hammer or anything like that. Oh, oh, believe me, mine did. They were, yeah, well, go figure it out. That's now, great. And now we have YouTube. Like, this is how I learn how to do everything. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, it's a really great side job that I... So in answer to your question, do I feel... I don't know. You said... What was the word? Does you your ego ever ego? get in the way? No. Um, because I... First of all, I, I know what it's like to work under people, like under a, a drill. Like, I, oh, you have to go do this now. Or, and it just makes you feel less than. And fortunately... Granted, I don't make a lot of money doing what I do. I just look kind of for free. You know, like I just try to make that. Yeah. My paltry little hourly wage um, that I tell people, this is what it's going to cost you. And that's it. Cash done. And it's really, it's just six hours of my time. But I get to schedule it when I want to. Yeah. And they're so appreciative. And when I get done, it looks exactly right, no matter what. <laughs> and that's it. I wash my hands and it's over and then I go and hang out with you and whoever else or my people at my house yeah. that are all on Broadway and still doing it and there are times the only thing I say I, I don't think my ego gets crushed it's just I see other people like going to do that show like I don't I don't really envy it's interesting I don't really like envy that Tuesday night exodus that they oh, all right. have to go do because yeah. I know that one but whenever somebody is like starting a new rehearsal for a new show that sort of gets to me a little bit because I'm like I really should be doing that because mm-hmm. I that's really what we do it is and you're amazingly talented oh baby come on you are you, no you're you, one of those dancers that you watch and you're like well, wow thank you but um, but you, you understand like that's it's it's really not about the work I've done the work right you know but the creative part which is like really what I'm most interested in really at all but what i've learned from this little hiatus if you will yeah um and i've started actually writing <laughs> that's great i know it's so weird like i i picked up a pen the other day like i was in a situation and i i just i saw these really great characters in a situation that i happen to be in and they will forever be nameless but it was a situation that kind of brought something home to my own heart that this like con- like collective uh, situation that we were all in, and I felt like we were all, you know, very much on the same page. Yeah. For very different reasons, but some people might count it as being a little whatever. But I saw it. it's very interesting. So I just started writing about this one event, and I thought, my gosh, this. If nothing else, it's like for my own, um, just help me be a better person. Which I think anybody who writes, they write about themselves and what they know. Right. And it helps you learn more about yourself. I hope, who knows, maybe it'll become the most fabulous short film ever. Maybe. <laughs> or a fabulous play or a feature film. I don't know. You don't seem to have a lot of fear. Am I wrong? I mean, it just through your choices and what's going on in life, you seem pretty fearless. I just, you know what, I, I was saying this last night to somebody, uh, and don't take this wrong way, but it's like, I in my life I never thought I couldn't. How would I take the wrong way? That's the that that's a good mantra. Most people should be able to think yeah. like that. And it really um and whenever I know that I'm in a situation where I know that it's I I know for a fact that this is not my arena. It's not that I back out or I shy away from it. I just say, "Hey, you go. This is you." Yeah. <laughs> because why am I going to try to do something that I can't? Like, yeah. It, it, if I know it for sure 
And then believe me, at 40, I know <laughs> what I can and can't do. Um, you know, it's just, why try to put that square peg in a round hole? You know, like, I'm good. Like, But if I see something else that I've never done, it's like, how the fuck do I know that I can't do it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I can't. Find out. I will. Yeah. I'm happy to do it. Well, you're about to just move back to L.A. where you well, wanted to go in I'm, I'm high auditioning school. L.A. You're auditioning L.A. I'm, audition, I'm auditioning the city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can handle it. I'm never giving up my apartment in New York. I will never. Oh, good not. But No way. No, and I, I love this city, and I won't ever go away. And I love this island that we're on right now, and it, this has been a great time. And, you know, we never know where we're going to wind up. We I don't. Mean, I could wind up in who knows where. I mean... We, the world is our oyster. It really it is. is. And look at oysters eat. They eat the sea. It goes all over the world. Oh, yeah, it's Who like knows? a good analogy. You know? It's like, there's so many things to do. So you never, you know, I I, I never want to um, say that there's always, there's always something too about uh, whenever you, you don't know where you're going to be. Like, you, you never acknowledge something like, oh, this is what it's going to be next year. Because right. you just don't know. No, you don't know. You know, some things could happen at home and you got to go deal with that. And you have no choice. I mean, it's just, you just yeah. do it. Life happens. And you will do it. Yeah. And sometimes you just say, you know what, I'm tired of New York and I'm just going to go somewhere else for now because I like those people. And Yeah. And then... Sometimes you just go to Fire Island for a couple of years and yep. live on the beach. And, <laughs> and, and find out you're a writer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe. Maybe. So if you had to pick one or two of your favorite career moments, uh, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Career moments. Define career moments. Uh, and some people say the Tony Awards or the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or your opening night, your first preview or something that you always remember. I mean, I've done all those. and Sometimes it's your grandma seeing your show. One moment in particular that really stands out was probably my Broadway debut. So the, here, the thing was, I was a swing in The Boy From Oz. And as you know, when you're a swing opening a show, you're not really on stage. You are in rehearsal, but you're not rehearsing. You know, you're watching and you're taking notes, but you're not really performing ever. So there we were, we had six weeks of rehearsal. There were six weeks in production. And it was three months after we had opened before anyone had called out because Mr. Jackman himself, you know, never was, he never, he couldn't call out, like he didn't. That was just his work ethic. He was always there. And that man never left the stage. So that just kind of set the bar for everyone. Not that anybody would just call out, but you know, it's, it's eight shows a week. So people, that's what a swing is for. Except in this particular case, my, my first show on Broadway. Three months in, somebody calls out and I'm on, finally, you know, three months. Actually, it had been more like five months since we started. So I do my show. It was like this out-of-body experience. Um, my Broadway debut, I was like, okay, go, go, go. There I was at the end, curtain call, pineapple on my head, <laughs> on the staircase. And Mr. Jackman takes his bow and he stops the orchestra, stops the audience, stops everything cold. And he says, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, one of our company members, Todd Anderson, has made his Broadway debut. So tonight, he said, tonight, we're going to let him have the final bow. And he brought me down front and center in front of him. Everybody's standing, giving me an ovation for my Broadway debut. 
I, um, I died a little bit. <laughs> it was, you know, I'll ne- that, that moment's forever in my mind. Um, it was a beautiful moment. Uh, and it's, you know, it kind of just reminds me what we do and how special it really is. But that was an awesome moment. I'll never forget that one. You know what? I think it was, uh, and it kind of ties, it, it kind of ties into your whole thing is this probably backbone. It really means a lot. It was, um, when I was told I got my first Broadway show. Oh, yeah. You know that feeling. Oh, Oh my God. Crazy. I remember calling my father. What do you say? We just sat there for a minute and we're like, wow. <laughs> and that was good. Um, but ever since, honestly, and I don't get to do this every night anymore. <laughs> yeah. But when that occurred, That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. That really means a lot. How was it when your dad saw you make your Broadway debut or second show? That was good. But, honestly, I think it's every night. It never fails. Even um, Tuesday when you don't want to come back or Saturday night when you're so damn tired. It just something happens when that curtain goes up. Yeah. And I have to say I miss it a little bit. Wow. Hopefully we get to do it again. You will. (laughs) I hope so. You will. No, I love it. And it misses you. (laughs) It does, you know. But it's when you're ready, that's the thing, is it will always be there. And you'll come back and you'll come back a better person a better performer a better actor yeah that's what i'm finding life experience and even such different things in any any, um form it comes in i mean like last year we did a little show together like just getting in front of the audience and like this year i did a performance for you know a show out here and it just it really is literally it's it's showtime yeah and you just no matter what your hairs go up on your arm and that's it. Yep. It can be in a barn. It, it in a... doesn't matter. I just went and saw a show with our friend Daryl actually last weekend. And the, and the excitement in a room, no matter how big or small a theater is, this was a regional theater, small little theater, great production. You could, the palpation of that, the, the excitement in the room, no matter what, every single time is big. Is big. Yep. Huge. Everybody's waiting. And it's, I mean, beyond honorable to be the person, you know, yeah. that people come to see. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm honored that you agreed to do this. Oh, um, thank dude. you for like letting me pester you. Oh, come on. This is, you're doing such a service to the community and to the world, really, to oh, let people you. know what, really what it means to us and 
everybody in the world. Yeah, because it's the, it's that kid that's just like I'm moving to LA when you're 14 years old. <laughs> that's who this is. Right. That's who this is exactly. for. You know. I, mean, I know, and I hope they listen and uh, don't you know take the good stuff, not the bad. <laughs> yeah, but know that there is plenty of bad with the good. But if it's you all, believe in the good, yeah, this is hopefully. I mean, mildly sugar-coated, but hopefully good. <laughs> yeah. Well, what song would you pick out of your life Oh, experience? my gosh. I, You know, it's so funny when you, you, you put that in my head, and I was like, I don't know why this one, raindrops keep falling on my head. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> That's great. Done. It kind of says showbiz. It in, does. In a home. In a home. Well, thank you. Package. You're so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate this. Oh, I love you so much. Drops keep falling on my head And just like a guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done are falling on my head they keep falling but there's one thing I know the blues they send to me Nothing's worrying me.